9to5.cc. We're not working. Why should you? Thanks for listening. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Go Plug Yourself podcast. Listen, I always say that I'm lucky enough to have some of the best co-hosts in podcasting in Montreal, uh, like Ines Anaya, Lawrence Korber, Walter J. Ling, and Chris Vendito. And sometimes when we have, you know, technical difficulties and booking difficulties and, and the kind of things that just, you know, happen from time to time, I could fall back and just have an episode with some hosts, and it's great. Uh, this episode is just myself, Chris Vendito, and Lawrence Korber talking about wrestling. That that's pretty much it. It's all about wrestling. If you don't like it, come back in two weeks. If you do like it, Royal Rumble just happened. AEW has a bunch of stuff going on. And, you know, if, if you love it. So uh, we'll be back, hopefully, with a guest in two weeks. See you later. Go plug yourself. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Go plug yourself. You plug another plugger. Uh, yeah, let's 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 get this show on on the road. Uh, An injured cat has derailed the whole plan for this, so I'll tell the listeners that I know. Get well soon, Angus. We love you. The, the, get well soon, Angus. The plan the plan for this episode was to to get uh, Chris Lawrence and Ines all together and uh, shoot the shit and also United. and and hammer out and hammer out some new questions because we've had the questions in the rotation too long. That was the that was the plan, but now Angus uh, Angus needs but, some medical attention, and we hope we hope he gets the help he needs, and I hope he's okay. Sick animals is a freaking stress nightmare. Yeah. Well, so shout out to our boy Angus. Get well soon. Yeah, we we'll love Angus. Uh, and and um, I guess what we can do is maybe we could do one question with, with me and Lawrence, and you do one question with Inez. Hey, good. If you want, but then we then, then way, there's still a third question to to. Third question is always the same question. No, fourth question is always the same question, bro. Three questions to each no, guest. Th- question four is from oh, last yes. guest. Question five is what's your question to our next guest? Okay, so we'll, we'll do two and you do one with an S. If you want, because there's me and one. I mean, we can also just reschedule and, and hook up the four of us right now and just talk about wrestling and figure it yeah, out. Yeah, but the, the odds of us rescheduling on time, we're going to be doing these questions for another two months. Oh Look, no! Oh no! I believe in us, okay. Oh no! Do you have these questions for longer? People have been chomping at the bit for new questions, Chris. They've been flooding my social media. I know, I know. Heineken's not going to stick around much longer if we don't get new questions. All right. Yeah, look, we we have the uh, we're going to lose Huggies as a sponsor, but oh, and I mean, and Huggies is important for you in the yeah, you well, in the kiddo, fucking... so that makes sense. Oh. Love that it. was a that was a Corber exclusive deal. Uh, we don't talk about that online. Yeah, well, I, no. I'm just saying he's getting he he's getting that side one. Like you know, here's a question, not a question for our future guests, but like the commercials that the radio DJs say. My understanding is that's their deal. Like you know, where they're like in the middle of like talking yes. and they're like, I some some well, some of them, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like some of them, like the ad reads between commercial breaks are like the, those ad breaks are going to the radio station. But when like when this person's like Spinelli tires or whatever, and it's just like a person, like like, like the when, radio. When Terry Demonte, when Terry Demonte would come on and plug like uh, 
Ocean Automotors or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Merson, Merson. That was, was it Merson deal. or Gordon's? That was his deal. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So Gordon's Automotive. That was his money. Mm-hmm. That was that was his that was his yeah. that was his bag. That's what I'm saying. So Lully only gets the Huggies money when he makes appearances and shouts them out. Yeah, it's yeah. not a it's not a yeah. go plug yourself deal. Also, and also to be clear, Huggies doesn't want me. I've just been showing up random places and yelling Huggies out loud. Uh, they're not happy about it. <laughs> they're like they're show, pretty showing up random places. They showed up a season of this last week, actually. Yeah, I'm just showing up with a baby. I go, Huggies! They go, sir, stop. Can you please, if you could not do that. Yeah. Then eventually someone gave you free Huggies and you're like, sponsorship. Sponsorship, wonderful. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Do you want do you want to hammer out the questions, or do you want to just talk about wrestling, boys? What do you What do you say? Yeah, talk wrestling. We could do it. I mean, because I was going to say the the we're going to take this perfect opportunity to for breaking news. Two two important elements I think happened. One, the greatest entertainer of our generation, Pat McAfee, entered the Royal Rumble. And two, uh, Chris, you had more good news when Pat McAfee returned to the announce desk on Monday Night Raw on a full time basis. Well, yeah, college football season's over. That's it. Uh, McAfee has a lot more free time. Um, he's, uh, you know, he's he's going to be there. WWE is interested in, is really, really invested in writing the ship right now, and Pat McAfee's the way to do it. McAfee, well, they got rid of that Irish guy, right? Yes. <laughs> Who never fit well. Yeah, Kevin, Kevin no, Patrick. You know what's crazy about Kevin Patrick is he literally went from being one of their backstage guys to almost being immediately the head announcer, the lead announcer on Monday Night Raw, which must have been incredibly daunting, right? For sure. I guess, but I always kind of, I mean, and obviously I've never, I've never lived it, but I've always felt that the head announcer on Raw is like, it's more about like reaction time and less about creativity because you have someone piping in your ear constantly. Like I heard that like Gorilla calls so much of Raw that you just need to like take what's in your ear and spit it back out sounding kind of natural. Well, because I think SmackDown's a lot easier to plan with the six segments that they would do, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, whereas opposed to Raw, it's maybe 12 segments. Yeah, but, but also how much hour. of that is the guys coming up with it off the top of their head and how much of it is being piped in from Gorilla saying like, say this, say this, yeah. say this, say that. So who knows? Who Listen, knows? it's incredible. Taking out any anything else, it's an incredible production. They do that every day, do every week. Oh yeah, no, no, no. The thing about it is that the production is excellent. Like you can't knock the the lights, the sound, the coordination. It's incredible. You, it's you can you can argue less goes wrong on a three hour raw than goes on than goes wrong in an hour and a half Saturday Night Live. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> but the thing is, for me, what's happened with it is it's been the same format for so long it's really kind of sterile and it's lost its luster. I find it kind of boring. What are you and talking kind about? Of... They did raw, raw underground or whatever it was. That was like, that was, oh. awful. <laughs> that was awful. Yeah, but they changed the format. <laughs> but even then it's a very sanitized version of what they do. Right. It's like very much kind of the same. That was thing. a Voldemort idea, by the way, that was a Voldemort idea. We're calling him Voldemort from now on. Sure. That was a Voldemort idea right there. Raw underground. So it's so, so trying to compete with UFC. It was like the absolute dumbest thing in the world. But there's already, a, there's already a promotion like that. Josh Barnett, who's a former MMA yeah, fighter this, yeah. and a former New Japan color commentator, has a promotion called Bloodsport, where they have a ring set up with ring posts but no ring ropes. And they do kind of this work shoot fight like they used to have in Japan, mm-hmm. uh, which is interesting. It's definitely not for everybody. If you like the, the grapple style of wrestling and the more submission-based – 
things like that. Moxley's done it a bunch of time. Minoru Suzuki. I mean, some of them are definitely compelling, but I don't think it's for everybody, right? Mm-hmm. So Raw, I don't know if they were really catering to uh, when they tried to do the Raw Underground and the NXT Underground, you know? Yeah, super stupid. Especially since you, if you wanted to do this weird, like, off-division, you kind of already had the cruiserweights. Like, you tried that with, like, 205. Like, I feel you could have leaned into, like, do a TNA X-Division style thing if you wanted to have this weird other division with a weird other like maybe a slightly modified rule set just put all the flippy guys in a in a hexagon or something and and then you're like this is our other division if you if you want like something to look different on tv i love the x division in tna agreed that's what, that's what i'm saying i was like i loved all the x division stuff and it was it felt it felt a lot without necessarily looking packaged differently on television it did feel like it was like oh this is another division from the main yeah. roster it felt separated <laughs> I think, like, if we think about three-hour shows, right? So the only other three-hour wrestling show that's ever happened has been Nitro. Mm-hmm. So Nitro always had kind of uh, – it had obviously quite a few problems. But one thing they did to really make it feel special was the first hours you knew you were getting cruiserweights. Yeah. You know, like, I know I remember that on – when they used to have the replays. So it was obviously Monday night with both of them. But because it replayed on TSN – Tuesday from four to six after school would be Monday Night Raw, mm-hmm. and Wednesday yeah. from three to six would be Nitro. Mm-hmm. So it was great. So I used to I used to run home from school on Wednesdays. You know, my friends were like, "Lawrence, hang out." I'm like, already halfway home, <laughs> booking it because I didn't want to miss Dean Malenko versus Eddie Guerrero or some shit. Obviously, I'm sure that was a banger. which is so it was so cool because you always knew that was going to happen towards the beginning of the show, right? Yeah, that's it. Like you tune in for the first hour to see Jericho. I remember that was and it was contained too. You had feuds in the cruiserweight division you had rivalries in the cruiserweight divisions you had you know there there was a certain amount of expectation the matches always delivered they were always a, a very exciting part of the show um so i always liked that so I, I would love to see that at raw i thought you know when they did the 205 live stuff if they had an hour dedicated you know and that was a good roster at the time too yeah, that whole yeah. tournament the cruiserweight classic was a really interesting tournament you know kota bushi zach saber jr rich swan tjp didn't um, and I wanted to ask you about this since we're doing a wrestling show? Uh, T- sure. TJP re- repackaged as something, something, something. I saw there was like some some amount of Japanese. Uh, oh, promotion okay. So in the TJP. past couple of years, the past couple of years, TJP has been wrestling in New Japan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been mostly contained to the junior tag division, where he has been the mentor to an up and coming Italian wrestler okay. named Francesco Akira. Uh, and they're tagging. And basically what happened is on the road to Wrestle Kingdom, which is the Did annual big that? New Japan. Sorry? Do they say that? On the road to Wrestle Kingdom? It's like you're just. No, no, no. That's my WWE brain saying on the road to Wrestle okay, Kingdom. Okay, got, gotcha. Uh, yeah. But on basically what happens is throughout the, the year. Showcase of the Almost Immortals. The, the, yeah, the showcase, of, the showcase of the Unforgettables. Um, <laughs> so basically what happens is th- there's a lot of tournaments in New Japan. And a lot of these tournaments – if you win them, you get a title shot. And the closer to the end of the year, it's more likely that it goes into Wrestle Kingdom. Mm-hmm. So the Junior Tag League and the World Tag League, both of the winners of those tournaments get their tag title shots for the Junior and the Heavy titles at Wrestle Kingdom. So TJP and his partner, Francesco Akira, are former champions. They won the tournament where they would be affronting the champions from the Bullet Club who consists of Clark Connors and a guy named Drilla Maloney, who actually turned on them and and, and basically how left the, their how unit. How is the Bullet Club not fully disbanded at this point? They keep coming back, man. The merch sells too good, baby. 
Yeah, but I feel that, long story- but I feel they can still sell the merch without anybody on it. Like they still sell Macho Man merch all the time. He's been dead yeah, for years. Yeah, but Macho Man is like like those bullet yeah, clubs are going to sell forever. You don't need to have guys sure. representing that faction for you to like continually yeah, pumping out bullet clubs. Now there's more of them than ever, and now they're in the AEW and all that. So long story boring. To to lead up to this match, there's a coffin match where TJP was uh, buried in a coffin. Nice. Cla- classic uh, so repackage moment. Classic repackage. So basically at Wrestle Kingdom, he popped out of that coffin as the Aswang, which is a creature from Filipino lore, mm-hmm. where he came out in a, in, a, in a Halloween mask and he was basically undead, va- vampire, zombie type person. And now he spits mist and has red eyes. Yes. And that's pretty much the, the evolution of his character. Yeah, he's a tremendous wrestler. If you ever have a chance to watch TJP, I, I wrestle. love TJP as, as a worker. I, f- I feel that he got done dirty by a just having his his. I mean, I don't think he has a ton of personality in general, but it was like video game guy, and that was all he ever well, I mean, got. But I don't think he's great on. I don't think he's great on the mic. I think he's just really fun in the ring. So yeah, maybe. but I feel like I feel like we we've skipped an age in wrestling where. They used to have guys who were incredible in the ring but not great on the mic, and they used to just give them managers and let some some guy who was good at talking but looked like an old gym teacher, they let him kind of carry the load, right? Yeah, of course. Like, I mean, that that was your the, the, the job of your Heenans and your Jimmy Hart's and your Cornets and whatever else. They all, they all had like four or five guys in their stables at all times who were probably yeah. dog shit on the mic. Like, Yeah, and then that's it. Like That's why you have like – remember Booker T had his brother Stevie Ray? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Stevie Ray couldn't say two words together without sounding like an asshole, right? But you need it. You need those guys who, you know, they have decent work, and you need people who can talk. And I mean, like Brock, Brock, Brock Lesnar. Like Brock Lesnar is. We'll we'll talk about that. I think next or whatever. But has never been, have, other other than looking intense. He has a tiny little voice that doesn't sound nearly as intimidating as he looks and emotes. Yeah, and he's and he's a hundred percent like way better at the less he says. Like, well, that's why you have Paul Heyman walking around and just consistently knocking everyone over the head with the fact that Brock Lesnar is the most dangerous human being who's ever walked the face of the earth, yeah. and he's going to murder whoever's across the ring from him. Yeah, and you know what? It works. It's scary as fuck. So I guess I, so. Yeah. So coming coming up to Royal Rumble, which just happened this last week, uh, you yeah. heard that they just basically like uh, con- control control X Brock and control V uh, Braun in. Apparently, like it's the exact same spot, the exact same elimination, and setting up the exact same match. Like they they just rip rip Brock out of the Rumble and put Braun Breaker in in his spot, like top to bottom. Remind me who remind me who eliminated Braun Breaker and what they set up. Uh, I want to say Dom Dom Mysterious Dom eliminates Braun Breaker and and going into Rumble, they said that they were going to be doing a a Brock Dom thing. Uh, either in the build-up to Mania or possibly even at Mania for some reason to have. Why would you, why would you bring back Brock Lesnar to fight Dominic Mysterio well, of all people? Because it was going to be all like a Brock Lesnar versus the entire Judgment Day kind of a situation. Was okay. He was. I don't know if they cost him. Like if if Dom ends up eliminating Brock in a in a comeuppance, he's going to say like, "I want to just explode the Judgment Day because I'm Brock Lesnar." I think that was the right. that was the sell. But yeah, but he, but he, and, and he uh, because Breaker eliminates. Finn Balor, and he, I think he also had another high-profile elimination somewhere. So, yeah, but apparently it was just like a copy-paste exactly of what was planned for Brock, I guess, because it was really an 11th-hour switcheroo that they were like, you're, mm-hmm. you're just going to come in and be Brock. And he looked good, looked real good. I Absolutely. I think, I, I have no idea why he's not Braun Steiner. I don't, I know, 
We were talking about that while we were watching it. I don't know if you're Rick Steiner's kid, and you look you and look you look like you Steiner. look like a Steiner. You're not you're not fooling anybody. You talk. He talks like a Steiner. He talks like like the very worst of Scott Steiner's promos. And and and, and you wear the little the, the little wrestling double. Yeah, but it's mostly us. I recognize that, right? Yeah, it's true. So I guess in his in his head to be his own guy, or maybe whoever his his producer creative creative guy that they have with him in WWE. They're thinking, let's distance yourself from your dad. The new generation will know yeah, because, because all, all the new generation guys do do so well, and it's not like your top guys are like Cody Rhodes. Uh, you know, it's not like you have other top guys like, uh-huh. like Roman Reigns or Randy Orton. You know, like these guys, you know, they really need to be there. Maybe he doesn't people. want to do that, though. Maybe he doesn't want to be that that, yeah. that gimmick. I don't know, man. But I think, I think, but I think, say, say you did want to, because I think every, if we're out the history of wrestling, there's always some sort of value in talking about this person as a second generation, third generation superstar. Mm. It's it, it starts to talk about the prestige and the history and someone who grew up in wrestling. It's part of their story. It's part of their character. With him, even if you don't necessarily know it's Rick Steiner's kid, there could be a video package. He could bring it up. Rick could come yeah. out to the ring with him. You know? Yeah. They could, they could make an effort to include it into a story. So even if you don't already know, it could be brought up. Like they brought in Lexus King, who we know in AEW is um, Brian Pillman Jr., right? Yeah. He came in right away. First thing he says is, my dad was Brian Pillman. I'm not living in the shadow. I'm this and that. So it became one of the core tenets of his character as soon as he got introduced in NXT. Yeah, he's like he's like, so, he's like acknowledging that he's Brian Pillman's kid and then saying, I'm not doing that. It's still acknowledging it. You know what I mean? Like you're not just like hiding it. Whereas I, I feel that like Braun Breaker, they almost never – bring up that he's a Steiner. I don't think. I, I don't watch a ton of NXT, but... I, I don't watch any... Vance Michelle would be the guy to talk about. <laughs> but, you know, he's no, the number one NXT fan, to a fault maybe. Yeah. But, I think also when you have a, a guy who maybe he has, you know, his 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 brother and his uncle are one of the most prolific tag teams of a certain era. Mm-hmm. So then if you set up a story where you know, in NXT, they have a tag team tournament. They have the Dusty Classic, right? Yeah. You can talk about that. I need to find the right, you know, he's he's, he's teaming with Baron Corbin, I think. So you have to talk about, well, my, my family is known for tag team wrestling. You can't mess this up for me. Da, 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 da. There's a lot of opportunity there to kind of give layers to the character. But I feel like WWE just doesn't do that anymore, really. Yeah, I, I, I have lost almost total faith in the NXT system as... A lot of the people coming up out of NXT, I'm like, whatever, I don't, I do not care. Like, whereas, and not, not to say that, like, guys like Owens and Sammy were really products of the NXT system. They were guys who just, you know. No, they were, those are indie guys they, they put in NXT. They warmed up. But, Shinsuke Nakamura yeah, but, but it, was a, was a world-traveled uh, IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, yeah, exactly. you know, under the, the supervision of Inoki. Uh, and then they put him in NXT and they go, wow, what an incredible NXT athlete. And I'm like, no, that's not the case. Yeah, exactly. You took what is the finished product and you go, wow, unbelievable how we worked in our system. What's his name? Bobby Roode, same deal. He was a huge TNA star yeah. coming in. Like, I, I get it. Like, champion in TNA. Yeah. But yeah, but but I'm just saying, but if you I, like, I know they are not strictly NXT guys, but they were developmental guys. But if you and, and I know that Moxley and uh, Rollins did indie stuff first, but I was like, I look at like moxley rollins and brains and moxley as ambrose as those are guys who i was like oh yeah wwe developed these guys into like genuine stars and i don't feel that coming out of and like the the second the shield showed up i was like what are these guys doing 
Yeah. Even though even though they were brand new and I didn't know them, and I none of the NXT call ups of the last like two years have like even mm. made me give a shit. Mm. Men's of- and women also like, and that's the other thing too, right? Like women do have the, the NXT produced like the four horse women largely, and they are they're all great. I'm looking at the women that are coming out now, and I'm like, I don't see anybody coming out who I care much about as much as like Becky or Bailey or Sasha. Like it's mm-hmm. and again immediately like they they came out and they immediately made a spot. Even Paige, Paige coming out right like that was. Yeah. Yeah, very, very weird. There's something about the process that is uh, that seems to be broken on the NXT development side of things. Because you, you were talking about production before, mm-hmm. and I feel like maybe what happens is when you have the production so down to a science, you might lose the avail the the possibility or the want or the availability to freestyle or to allow any kind of creativity that doesn't fit in the box. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like someone like Adam Cole in NXT. Sure, it fits. It kind of makes sense. When you have someone like, I don't know, bring anyone up. You had Pete Dunne who just went up to SmackDown, right? <laughs> Pete Dunne is a tremendous wrestler. Who he got done to. WWE essentially eviscerated the British independent wrestling scene to secure this guy. And, uh, you know, Tyler Bate. I met Tyler Bate recently uh, moved to SmackDown. Mm-hmm. Butch has been there for a while. Um, they had to get rid of Trent Seven because he's a sex pest of some kind. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what I mean? But these guys are like, you know, you've hidden these guys on the UK TV. And then, you know, Tyler Bates been like messing around, not doing much. Like they have talented guys. They have an incredible roster. But, I, you know, to get to your point, Keith, I don't really feel like I don't have the confidence that these people are going to be mega, mega superstars. Because I don't think they're going to develop in a natural, authentic kind of way, if that makes sense. Yeah. And if you think about like the biggest star... Like people, a lot of people are kind of calling out the fact that it was Punk and Cody in the final two right. as a as like a fuck you to AEW, and I was like, maybe maybe so, yeah. maybe that's how it was intended. But I'm like, but how it also sounds is that you're not great at making stars right now, are you? Because these are the guys that left and then came back with a tremendous amount of like like push like self made push behind them. Yeah, they're bigger stars because they left. It, it, CM Punk, CM Punk, if he would have been able to run roughshod in AEW, he would have stayed there. Mm-hmm. And if, for me, it's only a matter of time. That's why I didn't get excited when he showed up in WWE. I know we have friends who really love him mm-hmm. and really lose their shit. Uh, for me, it's not like he's he doesn't really move the needle for me in any sizable way. I've never been overly enthralled with his in-ring work. Of course, he's a tremendous promo. But now... I don't really look forward to him wrestling because he's you were, talking you about his taking the risk two years ago when CM Punk came to AEW. What's that? You gave up drinking two years ago when, a, when, when yeah. AEW signed CM Punk. You were yeah, taping yeah, yeah. your hands. You were putting X's on your wrists. That's right. This is a bunch of bullshit, overcorrection yeah. bullshit from you AEW marks. You guys do it it's all true. the time. Yeah. Uh, we, we never like Cody anyways. Oh, I also Cody. I also I also uh, decided to injure myself once every 3 months. <laughs> a um, drop of a hat on the blow out of it. Listen, I'm I'm a punk yeah. guy, like have been a punk guy since uh, I mean, we might have been watching one of the pay-per-views together. Like I'm I marked out for when he came out to AFI in the sure. in the shorts and stuff like that. Like his old music, all that stuff. I've been a punk guy for a long time. Excited when he got called onto the main roster excited when he did the ecw stuff excited when he's actually managed to get like a main event thing i think 
the reality with Punk is that he's never been the best wrestler. I think he excels if he is when he is good in the ring. It's in that methodical one on one style of match for the most part, like kind of like like with a lot a lot of storytelling. I think that's why he worked really good with MJF. I don't think he necessarily goes as or, or I mean, he definitely can't due to his age and body right now. But like he's never was like a guy who I think can go as fast as guys like Rollins are going today, period. No. Like even even in his heyday, and he's obviously now missing a step on the wrong side of forty five or whatever how old he is. But yeah, you're like I I like the guy, but at a certain point, when was the last when was the last like really good punk match? I like Punk and Joe. Wembley. Yeah, Punk, punk and Joe at Wembley. Absolutely. That was August. Leading up to that, but, but Punk and MJF. If I can interject, I mean he was good me. in a match on Sunday. Yeah, but he was. It's a Royal Rumble Arts where you don't have to do anything until the end. No, but the end. And he, was also, good. he also and he also came in in the mid twenties. It's he not like he started in the number one. He came in at twenty seven, but he did. Go, he did go twenty minutes though. Like that's the okay. twenty minutes is fine. But the thing is, CM Punk is not in a place in his career where you want him going an hour. No, you don't want him going forty minutes. Twenty no. minutes is really pushing it. And the Samoa Joe match, I really loved it. It you know it was something where I I, I appreciated the work of Samoa Joe. And that's crazy, too, because I know I'm shifting gears here after Chris accused me of loving AEW, and I apologize. But, it, you know, Samoa Joe literally – AEW Mark. <laughs> yeah, I, I, live, I wear it proudly. Uh, when, when Samoa Joe left AEW – or left WWE to go to AEW, I was pretty sure he was, like, washed. He was done. And I've been proven so wrong by his, his tremendous run, the promos. All the matches have been really good. I See, that's a guy who, people should- that's a guy who I feel – Sorry, go. I was going to say, people are shitting all over the, like, Joe as champ. And I was like, no, dude. No. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, this guy looks like a champ, talks like a champ, moves like a champ. He's, like, in in a lot of ways, he's like a a fighting Roman Reigns. Yes. (laughs) And also, I think that what it does is after MJF. Chris made a face. You you disagree? Um, Roman Roman has listen, worked into his I character mean, that he. Cheated. You guys, I'm gonna let you guys have. The, I'll, I'll rebut in a second. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just saying. I like, so before we before we started the, the the podcast, I was telling Chris I will give. In the, in the last year, like if I'm looking at 2023, I will give right. WWE top marks for story. I still give AEW top marks for the actual matches. I follow WWE almost exclusively via blogs and podcasts and watch the pay per view. So I know what's going on story-wise because mm-hmm. I think the stories are compelling. I think some of the character work is compelling. If someone tells me there's a good promo, I'll watch it on YouTube. But I will watch AEW Wrestling because, let's say, six or seven out of ten times, you're putting on an, they're putting on better matches on a week-to-week basis. Like, yeah. So I'm like... The- matches that go nowhere is like, who cares? And, and the proof is in the pudding because not many people care. I I agree. I think I think now. they need to seriously rework how they're doing because like you can put and and I think they they had their worst pay per view of the year with uh, with End of the World in terms of, yeah in terms of I think they need to stop obsessing over competing with 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 WWE and just I agree do their own that. stuff. I just agree with that wholeheartedly. It turns Absolutely. me off as a wrestling fan when I tune into AEW and they're just trying to be like show up WWE in some way. Like just do your own stuff. Because mm-hmm. some of the stuff they do is laughable. Like, in terms of building stories. Like, the Edge Christian stuff, 
like the fight, the match was good. The matches are good, but the build up suck. I, I don't know. Dude. I gotta say, I love the Christian. Promo. I love the Christian stuff, but uh, but Copeland is no, Copeland is the weaker. Ever, but I love the Christian stuff. Copeland is the weaker element of that feud, though. Yeah, Absolutely. but how crazy is that? Yeah, exactly. But I think it turns to a really good point because Chris, you were talking about how they're trying to imitate WWE too much, and I completely wholeheartedly agree with you. What I think is, and we and I'm going to tie this back to Samoa Joe being champion. I think that what that does is it shows a shift in tone. MJF, a lot of bullshit, a lot of fucking backstage. Or my bro Chacho, when they're doing, they're going to trampoline sites and throwing dodgeballs at kids, and a lot of yuck, 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 you know, yeah. bullshit. And I think Samoa Joe is not going to do that. It's going to be very straightforward. I am a professional wrestling champion. I'm going to beat the shit out of your favorites. Mm-hmm. And I think that WWE is always going to have those stories. They're going to have the Cody Rhodes. CM Punk and they the week before the the Rumble they had a tremendous promo against each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, Punk, now, Punk, Punk and Rhodes. Sorry. Punk yeah, and Punk and Rhodes. I'm great. more American Nightmare than you are. I'm more Punk than you are. That's tremendous stuff. But now what's happened is, and Keith alluded to it earlier when he mentioned they don't have any new stars. Rollins is injured until Mania, mm-hmm. so for him it's going to be harder for him to build a story. Punk is now hurt until after Mania. So he's not going to come back until after Mania. So that's a problem. Cody Roman, we did last year. So they have to find a new wrinkle in that story. And now they have to find something to do with the they world title. They have to title. find a new wrinkle. Hold on. I have to find something to cut you off. They have to find a new wrinkle with, while keeping them both up, upright and healthy. Absolutely. You're 100% they can't right. Lose, they, can't lose, they can't lose that match for Mania. No, because nothing else. So, we, okay, what else do you got? You're going to probably do Dominic Mysterio or whatever, right? You're going to have Kale, something with – Kale versus Logan Paul. Yeah, so KO versus Logan Paul or Logan Paul versus someone else if they pivot away from it. Sami Zayn might have something to do. Uso versus Uso, most likely. Mm-hmm. And then you have maybe the women are going to have two title matches and then Jade versus Bianca. So if we're rounding out a card, we need some other big hook here. Two, two cards. You know, they they produce more, yeah, more female stars than male mm-hmm. stars in the last five years. All their big stars in the male yeah. side were brought in. Other than Jade, the girls, they've developed in-house. And now, yeah. so I think it might be like WrestleMania Dallas where the girls steal the show. I mean, I know you're not going to have Charlotte, but everybody else stays healthy. You still have Becky to, to throw into a feud some, somewhere with someone. Yeah, uh, and you have Bailey. Yeah, you have- you're going to have Bailey versus uh, Rio as, as well as things going to happen. Yeah. You're going to have um, Rhea versus Nia Jax, apparently. Really? I mean, also, you know, she she beat her down on Monday night. Monday night, so boring. Mm. Maybe that's maybe that's to get into WrestleMania, and then maybe. we go somewhere else. Because <laughs> if they push Nia, Nia Jax, that for me is such a letdown. Because Nia Jax already, I just well, H- I don't have any kind of. I have no faith in her, and she's also like she's had opportunities to 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 go back to go back in time to to an old wrestling expression. She's had ch- chances to grab the brass ring, right? Like. She's yeah. she's been presented so many opportunities to become like a meaningful top heel in the women's division and has never ever ever done anything compelling with it. And she's had her chances. Like it, it Nia Jax pisses me off. I don't blame him. I hear you. I hear you. Like like I don't I I, I've never seen a, I've never seen her work like a really good match. She's a crappy promo and because she is tall and can throw people around like ends up getting more TV time than like a, a talented women's roster. Otherwise. Yeah, that's fair. 
I think Car. I think Jade though. I think Jade Cargill had a good debut. Yeah, for sure. She looked good. But I feel like this was a this was a shit or get off the pot moment with her. They signed her a while ago. They yeah, have her on NXT popping out of limousines, not doing anything. Mm-hmm. And the problem also, and part of it that spoils it for me, is I know Keith talks about blogs and Twitter and stuff, which I don't frequent as much as you do, honestly. But every time she pops out of a out of a, a limo, everyone goes, "Oh my god, the future!" Unbelievable! What a star aura! This, that, and the other, and it's just—it's nauseating to hear the reaction. Like, it feels like people aren't critical anymore, or people don't want to. Everything has to be amazing. Everything has to be incredible. Everything has to be the best, right? I know J- Chris jokingly alluded to like, how how much you love AEW, mm-hmm. but I, I feel like we have to kind of keep some cards close to the chest. With Jade Cargo, we've seen her wrestle a lot in AEW. We've Nothing seen in sixty matches. She went sixty and zero, and they were damn near all yeah, on television. Yeah, and they were only okay. Her best match for me was her first match when she was tagging with Shaq, which is all smoke and mirrors and bullshit anyway. Yeah, for sure. You know, mm-hmm. besides that, it wasn't really all of her matches. And I watched maybe all of them. Most of them were two, three minute squash matches where she came out and she looked like a fucking monster, and she powered some women into the ground. Uh, and then she posed and she looked like a million bucks. The promos were really only okay. So I don't know what they're going to, what they feel like they're going to bring out it's, of her. And I will, they, I will, need, I will they, need, they need to transition Becky into a women's, women's Paul Heyman role. Oh, okay. Becky, you, do you think she's done in ring or do you think she's, I don't she's think she's done in ring. I think, but I think her tools right now, she's a bit on the, uh, she's on the other side of 30. She's mm-hmm. an all time, Worker on the mic, I think guy or girl, she's gray on the mic, and the women division needs the advocate. Character. Well, I mean, and that, that's they've basically done Bailey with that with half of the roster who is English works. is in a first it language works. and damage control works. Yeah, and it works. Yeah. But, it now Bailey's getting a push. but now Bailey's yeah. getting a push, so somebody's gonna have to replace her. Mm-hmm. Bailey for me is one of the most mismanaged characters the WWE has yeah, ever. Yeah, and that said, I could not be happier that she won a rumble. Sure, and I hope they transition back into kind of a, a, a face character. I think that's they are. Story. You could tell by the interviews on uh, for sure. On Sunday, um, where they were talking, she about was even how, acting uh, like cutesy and stuff. Like there was, yeah, like her her press conference had nothing to do with damage control or or being shitty or whatever. She was like, I felt so blessed and and, and happy, and I was like, okay, like you're. She, you might as well stand up and ask everyone for a hug at this point, Bailey. Like we see. Right <laughs> That's funny. <clears throat> but I think, I think with her, she was such, she was so clear in NXT and we talked about NXT developing new stars, like, holy shit. Like really, you know, Bailey was such a clear cut baby face, such a tremendous I, I feel, kind yeah, of, they, they could have, she could have and should have been Lady John Cena. Absolutely, because I think that's the kind of thing, especially when you when you think about the four horsewomen, right? So you think about just the the kind of characters. Obviously, Becky Lynch, this is pre-the man Bucky, Becky Lynch. Mm-hmm. So this is still Irish last kicker. She was not a finished product in terms of personality. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Her work wasn't as, as good as it's gotten now. But you still had Charlotte, who's a very big personality at the time. Sasha Banks was a huge personality at the time. So Bailey was really a palate cleanser and very distinct from the other three. Mm-hmm. And I think having her just be like kind of a heel, kind of a face to counteract those those forces would have been really really good. And then when she came up on the main roster, obviously WWE just they love turning people heel. Uh, so I just I don't know I felt that it just wasn't 
kind of the move. I think I don't know. Going going it back felt to like big cargo, I just had a... no, I never I never liked Bailey as a heel. I liked him more in her damage control manager role. Sure. Um, but when she was the Karen, Karen Bailey. Oh my god, so annoying. Her and the Sasha tag team in the COVID era. Yeah. It's because both of them work better as faces. They don't work Charlotte's a heel. Yes. Becky's I feel a heel. Sasha, I feel Sasha's a pretty compelling heel though. I think she's a she's a really good heel. I like her better as a face. The underdog. I, like, it, it's, sure. I don't know. Like, I feel Sasha. Sasha goes either way. I feel, and but I feel like, like she. I feel Sasha like is a classic tweener, kind of like a like a lot like an Edge or an Eddie, where you're just like, oh, you're a good guy or a bad guy depending on who you're feuding. You just like you. You don't need to change who you are. You can be the legit boss, and I hate you, or you could be the legit boss, and everybody's behind me, and I'm gonna beat you. You know, like. Yeah. She doesn't have to alter her performance to lean face or heel. Like she can still be Sasha Banks, the Jit Boss, one way yeah. or the other, depending as the storyline. One thing I thought I just literally thought uh, Lawrence about Jade Cargill was you were saying like, oh, like she looks like a million bucks and whatever else, and she has all these squashes. And I was like, how do and I will take heat from this because I know there's a lot of Jade Cargill marks. How do you look at Jade Cargill and not just kind of see like? Lady Ultimate Warrior. Oh shit! Are you like you look I mean, looks like a million bucks. Has a great entrance. Looks great in a squash. Cannot go. I mean, I think that, that sometimes you you have to kind of develop a character beyond that. Like I think like, and that's why it, WWE when you're talking about the, the 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 fucking performance center and you're talking about while well, she debuted in the Rumble. Okay, she press slammed someone and made eye contact with Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. That's a cool moment. It's great for social media. What now? Yeah, but, but as I'm saying, but it's a it's a it's a lot like and having even watched her matches in AEW, I feel that like her ceiling is and she might get and she might be able to they might be able to get her over and keep her over in that warrior spot. But I at no point in time in the next two or three years do I think there's going to be any like even a four star classic with Jade Cargill involved for, for me, for me and you, for me and you, for the average WWE fan. There's no better landing spot for Jade Cargill than WWE. There is no bre- – they're going to give her a catchphrase. They're going to give her the same entrance 100 times out of 100. They're going to put her in a spot where she looks good. They're going to get her clipped up so that every small social media clip gets pushed, uh, you know, millions and millions of impressions. There's Jade Cargill is going to have the right amount of production and consistency so that she can succeed in that environment. Yeah, she's going to look great. Will she ever produce a great match that we think about 10 years from now? You know, there's some matches that you think about randomly. You're like, fuck, Brett versus Owen, eh? Holy shit. Mm-hmm. You're on the bus randomly. You're like, fucking Brett versus Owen. God damn it. I don't think Jade Cargill is going to have a match like that. So I think we need to temper our expectations to what can she do to be successful? And I think if you put her in a division, you add another foil for a face Bailey, right? Who now can't wrestle as well as she did before her two knee injuries Mm -hmm. or, you know, the upcoming, she's a gatekeeper to the upcoming NXT women, the Roxanne Perez and the people who are maybe have a little bit of a deficit in charisma. So Jade can carry kind of the, the meat, uh, um, you know, the, the, the flash on those feuds. Right. So I think that you, you, you can kind of use her in a smart way, but I think you have to spend a lot of time protecting her where when you, when you accept a, a now Cody Rhodes or a now CM Punk, you can kind of just let them off and let them just do their thing. Yeah. And they can kind of put it together for you, you know? So what do you think about uh, 
Punk's rambling promo on on Monday, where last night, yeah, yeah, I, I think it was emotional. I didn't think people were people were taking the piss out of it a lot. I thought it was an okay promo. I thought it was people people like people love to shit on people when they're down. America loves doing that in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think he was clearly emotional. Um, I think he knows that he's on the wrong side of forty five, like you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. That he, he doesn't have much time left, and he was gonna get WrestleMania this year. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Lawrence, I, was, I think he knows all that, and I think he doesn't know if he's gonna get another chance. He signed a one year deal. It's true. Um, Who do we think he was supposed to fight at WrestleMania? That's now not happening. Seth Rollins. What was the Seth match? Rollins. Saying? Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Yeah. Do we think that was going through? Okay. That, that, that was, was that was that was Saturday night main event. Yeah, that yeah. that was that was I think a hundred percent. So so uh, before we hit record, I I saw and like I said pure pure speculation, not from any kind of insight or whatever, but a thing I saw like pop around on Twitter was they were saying, "What if Punk was supposed to win and called it because he knew he was fucked up?" And if that happened, I think oh, that, that would, would be super super cool if that happened. Well, I mean, wrestlers who are hurt, uh, they call they change finishes all the time. Yeah, the the most recent one I can think of was uh, Sasha Banks. Uh, in New Japan, knew she was hurt. They had a tournament for a new belt mm-hmm. uh, where she was in the final with Willow Nightingale. She's wrestling under Mercedes Monet, which is her independent yep. name. And she knew she was injured and she felt that it was going to be a bad one. So she says, hey, you need to beat me right now and win this title. But it, if, um, if that if that comes out, though, is that the highest profile match change on the fly? A Rumble winner? Oh, I don't know. Can you think of another one? Like certainly not off the top of my head. The only the only one I know of was like that was very high profile. Was the when they flipped the finish uh, between the Hart Foundation and whoever the hell at the Survivor Series? Because like oh, Team, yeah, yeah, team yeah. Face was supposed to go over the Hart Foundation, and they changed that in the ring. Like the wrestlers did it among themselves because they were in Calgary. Yeah, in Calgary. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. they were like, well, first of all, everyone is just going to throw all the garbage in the ring in the whole wide world. Riot, yeah. And second of all, yeah. they were like, this this is the hottest finish to the match is to have the Hart Foundation go over in Calgary. And because you know Vince loves making his stars lose in their hometowns, he somehow didn't book that, but they called it in the ring yeah. to, to make that the finish. But I think if that is the case, and I don't, I haven't seen that confirmed anywhere. Yeah, no, I, I, I guess think it's a hundred percent speculation. This is, it was just, it was literally, it was like, it wasn't, it wasn't even like a, a fightful or whatever. It was just like some rando comment on, on Twitter. Like, look, if that's the case, I think it's a great heads up play for both of them. I think there, we do have to start talking about how injury prone CM Punk is. I think you mentioned that we keep saying the wrong side of this age, wrong side of that age. Even when he starts showed, showed up at AEW, got hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. Got hurt a bunch to a point where I it was, mean, an all- I mean, it was a running who, joke. That- which which athlete takes off ten years from their craft and then comes back without issue? I yeah, mean, no, absolutely. I mean, especially when those ten years are all of your third environment or, or or whatnot. He the fact is he's wrestled what? How many times in the last thirteen years has he wrestled? Oh, I mean, I don't have the count. I'm sure we could look well, it up on cage. I, I, I looked it up. I was oh. like, so it's been 30 matches since he returned in September 2021, and and zero matches between like 2011 and 2021, right? Exactly. So, like, essentially, in the last thir- in the last 13 years, he's wrestled 30 times. Hey, man, yeah. if I had 30 sets in 13 years. I'll tell you, my comedy wouldn't be as good as it was when I was doing it every night. Mm-hmm. 100%. I think, I think, 30 sets in 13 also, years. 
Sure, but you you brought the rust off, and you definitely have you know a bag of tricks to pull from. I think the sure, but I, I wouldn't be as good. I wouldn't be as sharp. Hundred percent, I think. But the thing is, every time he gets hurt, the injury time is a lot. Now he's destroyed a tricep. You know what it's I mean? So four, now four it's, to six months. Four to six months. So now it's leg, back, tricep. You know, there's not a lot left or something that was the. the... Oh, might be. I I read tricep, but no, no, no. This this is tricep, but the brawl out was shoulder. I thought that he had screwed up. Oh God. So if that's the case, like you know, like these are things that you know, obviously, big muscle groups hard to rehab. It's you know, it's it's something where you can still use him, but he's not going half an hour. He's not going forty minutes. Mm -hmm. You have to constrain him, right? So even the match, say hypothetically, he's having this match with Rollins. Rollins is going to be coming off an injury. What do we? What you know? Yeah, what was that match going to look like anyway? I don't know. And what are we doing with Rollins now? Is the question. Gunther? Rollins. What's do, do they do they flip it? Because Rollins is begging Cody to pick him, right? No, no, that's that's a fucking red herring to give Cody like come more promo time. I, that, I, that whole promo, I saw that one on that YouTube. Was the time this, that was the fill time this week. Yeah, but I, but I was gonna, yeah, that, I was gonna say so yeah, but at, at this time, I'm at least considering all my cards on the table and what my mania card looks like. Because I, I, I know that I, have, I know that Roman I have a certain Cody. member of the board of directors who I can slot in against Roman on a and main event in a in a second. No, DJ already said it. he wants a year build up for that. Yeah, I I I agree. But now you just drop two guys off the roster. Like I I know that that's not that's not plan A. But if I'm sitting down and I'm I'm Triple H because I, I have a couple things on my mind. I have I want this mania is a, it's a big round number, right? It's, it's WrestleMania forty. 40. So it's you, you you're not gonna you, you don't want all your things at 41 WrestleMania 40 like WrestleMania 30 was humongous compared to 29 and 31 and 32 and 33 30 was massive. Uh, so I was like, you have 40. I mean, 29 still had the Rock and 30 didn't. So yeah, I'm just saying. But but I'm just saying like like they like they like bows on on big round numbers. First of all, sure. to, to be of course. So who, who does it to begin with? And second of all, I think at this at this point on the the beginning end of January, beginning of February, if you not to say if you you want the first mania when you finally are completely out from the shadow of Vince to be a banger. You want everyone to forget about what an awful human being that old guy was and prove that you have a bang in WrestleMania without like it's the first one where he actually has no strings attached. Sure. But let me ask you this. And I think that's very important for the company to try to pull off. If Cody Rhodes pick Seth Rollins. Does that damage his character? Yeah. Yes. To me, to the finishing the story is against Roman Reigns. That's that's the that's how the story. And leave it, don't touch it. Don't touch it. Make the make sure those two guys go to Mania healthy mm-hmm. and they can give you they'll give you a good match. They gave us a good match last year. Yep. I think with I think with with uh, Rollins, it's a couple of different ways you can go. Go to Fatal Four Way with with uh Gunther um What's his name? Braun there. Steiner's kid we were just Braun talking Breaker. about. Braun Breaker. Braun Breaker and uh, Sami Zayn. Oh, uh, I like that. Um, you know, because the Usos are going to be together. We're talking a lot about being like like Punk getting old or whatever. I was like, hey, do, do you want to give uh, give our boy Sammy a decent run before he heads off into the sunset? Because I, I can't imagine he has that many more years. Of solid matches. Well, that's it. So there's there's still options on the table for them. Yeah. Uh, Drew McIntyre still around. 
I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying they don't have talent. They have a ton of talent. But I think that it's at this point, if I'm sitting there with the month and the week that they've had, I want. And, and now I just lost Punk, and I Seth is questionable, so it's got to be something that can carry Seth. Fatal Four Way is a good idea because he can have plenty of rest. Hide Seth for a while. He can he can roll out of the ring and take a breather if he needs to. All a bunch of bunch of stuff you can do with that that you don't expose him one on one. But like I said, I think I yeah. think that it's incredibly important that. You have a big round number WrestleMania, and it's your first WrestleMania out from under the shadow of Vince McMahon. It has to be a banger. Otherwise, you look like a bunch of idiots. I agree. I, th- I agree. I-, I think they'll lean on the ladies in that case. You'll see more women's matches than you saw last year. Mm-hmm. And you'll see you're going to have the Usos t- going up against each other. Mm-hmm. I think you have yeah. Kevin Paul, Kevin, Paul, uh, uh, Kevin uh, Hart. Oh, my God. Kevin Owens. Kevin Hart. Yeah. Kevin Hart, brother. I I think I want to see I want to see Rey Mysterio, Carlito, Andrade, Bad Bunny. I want every single all the Puerto Ricans. Yeah, every every Latino wrestler that they have doing some something special and amazing. That's well, they have the Legado del Fantasma, right? So you could definitely do a three on three match, or Legado del Fantasma turns somebody, and you have a multi man, just kind of like an exciting spot festy type match to kick off the show with uh, all those guys have been feuding all year. Like, it's not out of the ordinary. With a bad bunny injected for star power, I think is a solid thing. And, I we, love and, that. and we know bad Every bunny, and bad bunny can do crazy high spots. So he fits right in. Every match he's wrestled, he's been so impressive. He's great. Yeah. And they also have Cena. They can also bring back Cena. I think they will. Do you think Cena wants to come in and do something? I think what... They'll never say no to WrestleMania. I don't think they'll say no to WrestleMania. I also think that they have nothing for Solo Sequoia, and I think that that... That makes sense. Makes sense, because he he has the the rematch, and the first one was a squash, right? The first one was just putting over Solo as as a monster. I think giving Solo and Cena a real match could be fun, and I think that Solo's not going to do any better than that. On the card, it doesn't. It doesn't make sense if you squash a guy who's a part timer, doesn't come back all the time. He comes back after not wrestling for a couple months. Now he's going to be more competitive than before. It does make sense. Well, though, because Randy Orton, one thing, Randy Orton can take on Solo. John Cena. <laughs> Randy Orton sure. can take on Solo. Sure, sure. I just think that like John John Cena's in a spot where he can absolutely come back and and now he has more hustle, loyalty, and respect than ever. And now he gets to now he's now, now he's gonna have a fifteen minute against a Cena's bulletproof though. It doesn't matter if he's, he hasn't won a match in five years. It doesn't matter. Yeah, but I think he can. I think he's winding down his career. I don't think it does I'm anything. Saying, I'm saying Solo can match. Solo can still go over. I just think it's it's a competitive match instead of a squash. That's do we think do we think that if Cody and Roman fight again, and I know we had a lot of debate about this last year. Is now the time, now that we have a 1,200-day reign, now that he's broken all kinds of records, is now the time for Cody to, quote-unquote, finish the story? Or is it Solo pops out of nowhere again, Jimmy pops out of nowhere again, they cost him the title for the fourth WrestleMania in a row, Roman Reigns is champion? There's two – I have two things that are conflicting on on either one. One, the the fact that he can pass the – What's his name? Ho- Hogan? He'll pass Hogan. Hogan? Yeah. Like the fact that he can pass Hogan is a huge deal. And I think that they, they would like to have uh, a, uh, a a relatively scandal-free name on their longest reigning champion. 
I think they like that in their record. Well, it's not, it's not, well he still has to pass Bruno San Martino, which is going to take another 10 years or whatever. Well, yeah, but that's it. But that's the, whatever they call it, the modern era. Modern era. They just put modern era on that and get yeah, 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 that, that, that's it. So, but, and, that, and that's just till the fall, right? Yes. It's not like it's, it's within reach. So that, that is, a, I think, a knock against Cody. A knock in favor of Cody is they made finish the story of the damn mode of the wrestling game. You know, like, like, like the, the marketing behind finish the story is so immense is can you milk it for another year? And, and do you fit, like I said, we were talking about this on, on Saturday, like I finished the story at 40 has a ring to it. Finish the story at 41. <laughs> like it, no. And, and the rock versus Roman makes sense that you're after for no title. Yeah, exactly. Just That's it. It shouldn't be they, rock they, versus they, Roman they, is big enough that it does not need a title. If they would have taken the the title off of Roman last year, they could have done Rock Roman this year. I don't issue. think Rock. I don't think Rock was anywhere near um, the position he is now last year. I also don't, I also I don't think, think Cody Rock was either. Took a hit. I think Cody was. I think, hot. I think, I think Cody was hot hit. with the marks. I think Cody is a much bigger star now overall. In, so if I, I just want to make sure I understand correctly, you feel that Cody Rhodes is hotter now than he was last year when he was absolutely 100%. He was on a hot start. Absolutely. He was on a hot start and he, he not, to, I know it's like earning it is stupid, but I'm saying from a storyline perspective, he's done the stuff with Jimmy and Jay. He's done like all that other people are invested now way more than they were last year. Cody is, I, 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 I disagree with both of you. Unfortunately. I don't know. I, th- I think you, I think it, it would be a hot moment, but it's like, it's, it's, to to smack him down and then have him have the year that he had and like I said you're giving him the video game you're giving the redemption him- arc everyone loves the redemption story sure I think I think for me one of the biggest I think the promo they're story- gonna cut. hold on hold on think of the promo they're gonna cut okay it's gonna start very softly Cody in a gym spotlight okay lifting weights okay a Creed song comes on okay <laughs> oh and smoke appears on the screen and it's like last year and it's going with the beat. Last year, yeah, exactly, hundred percent. They're in Philly. They're in Philly, right? The montage. Think of the montage they're gonna build. The montage, bro. But yeah, no, like to me, then, to me, I think I think Cody should have gone over last year if he didn't miss six months. I think having a full year of Cody night in and night out on the weeklies is is a better time to pull the trigger on the real thing. I think I said I think Cody wins. I think Cody, quote unquote, finishes the story if he didn't rip his peck off of his muscles off of his thing but i was like but he had had like what like three matches he like showed up at mania uh, what was it mania 38 yeah he had the three matches against rollins and then that was it and then he disappeared till mania basically you can't just Which is suddenly have him beat you have this, is, this is my mismanagement of cody rhodes last year first of all you have him they announced that he was coming back for the rumble mm-hmm. which for me is stupid they say, oh, Cody Rhodes is returning for the Rumble. Who in their right mind cleared that? Yeah. This motherfucker should not have come out number one. This motherfucker should have come out at 30 as a surprise. Yeah. People would have lost their fucking mind. But they didn't. And then you have him the Rumble the next month. Nobody, you know, he started at one or whatever. Yeah, he started. And they knew he was coming. Right? Yeah. So this is this is foolish. This is This is stupid. Uh, for me, I feel like last year he was hotter. I feel like the story was fresher. I feel that there's a certain deflating energy after Roman won. And again, he cheats all his matches, right? So yeah. even though I'm not a huge fan of the whole finish the story thing and the, oh, yeah, my father's title and whatever, you know? Yeah. 
it's it's definitely an opportunity they have. I just hope that they they kind of finish it off and we can move away from the the Roman Reigns title reign and then kind of switch gears into something else. So my dream fantasy booking is Cody goes over Roman for the title and then not even saying he has to win it, but I think a Cody Sammy like face on face summer program would be really fun. Like that that oh. that setup that that moment that they had on the mic last year heading into uh chamber like that that uh, that like that promo off where they were obviously like like where cody was like i want it to be you like i want to be fighting you at wrestlemania yeah that that got me over and i feel that like sammy having having at least some degree of a main event run in him again would be i'd be down and uh, yeah i think it'd be fun I, i think cody still retains but I think that would be a fun, uh, a fun summertime run, is what I think. Um, uh, Raw is coming to Montreal in April, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just so that'd be right, right after Mania. Is that right? If I'm not mistaken, two weeks after Mania, I believe. Yeah. It's not the Raw after Mania. It's the Raw after that. Uh, there was something else I wanted to talk about wrestling wise. Uh, we were talking, we talked about the card. We talked about whatever. We talked about. We don't really need to get into Vince McMahon being a shithead. Ah, what was the heck? There was another thing that had me in my thinking. Uh, AEW brought back rankings. That was... I love that. Which I think they is, is smart if they're going to do it. What was the thing? There was something else around. I think, I, think, I think when you bring back rankings, it kind of forces you in your booking to be honest, right? Mm. I think there's too much, especially in WWE, and they're doing it more in AEW, but I think, I think they're going to tone it down. With a lot of fucky finishes or 50-50 booking or this guy wins and then he gets beat the next week or whatever the case is. I think when you have rankings and you have to show like, hey, this guy's getting a title match. Okay, so Hook is getting a title match. Does he deserve a title match? Yeah, he's gone 21 and 28 and 1. Yeah. So even even if he hasn't beaten the most quality opponents, you can look at this record and go, wow, 28 and 1. And then the world champion's going to drop and go, yeah, you're not my league kid. Now you're 28 and 2. Yeah, which, so which, I think which, that which was great. Certain- and in my mind probably like televised not not premium light event not pay-per-view televised match of the month <laughs> was sure i love that hook and uh hook and joe was so good and and then everyone was like had the right finish like people were just like it was great you somehow yeah. hook looks strong and stupid <laughs> like, yeah it looks like it, basically you came away from this match with a young guy who's been in this company building him up building him up and, and you left that match going, hey, this guy maybe in two years, three years might be good enough to win this title. Yeah, and, and, and can continue to be like, I can I can beat up anyone on the roster except for Samoa Joe right now. You know, like, like, like so there's a top were, like, oh, of people. Yeah. I was like there's a lot. I was like a lot because especially the way the way Joe is booked is that Joe is just murdering people in the ring. So like for you to look good, even a little to get any offense in. As as twenty eight and zero hook or whatever the hell it is, yeah, that means he can continue to beat the shit out of the roster and then earn maybe another shot whenever you want him to. Hey, since my loss to Samoa Joe, I've won thirty straight matches. Mm-hmm. But now John Moxley shows up and goes, "Look, I've won fifteen straight matches and I beat much stronger competition. Let's fight each other for the number one ranking to be number one contender." Moxley beat Hook. He's a little bit better. Yeah. You know that's how these things work. And I really like the Continental Classic. I think they made smart decisions. 
They had a guy like Andrade who they knew was leaving, you know, have a smart uh, tournament was, where it he wasn't could the really. Continental Classic. What was it? What do you mean? That's what it was called. It was now? called the Continental Classic. I forget what it was called. Yeah. I, I think the one mistake that they made is that they should announce G one. They should announce the bracket and the schedule. I was like, you guys, you're, yeah. you're book, you are 100%. booking a match and you're all professionals. Tell me. So I know in four weeks from now, if I tune into whatever, what match is on, like put the schedule out there. Yeah. It, it's, it's you, you just said every guy needs to face every other guy. So I'm like, you know that those matches have to happen. I feel that it's so much yeah. more compelling like to know, yeah, in two weeks you're facing this and three weeks you're facing this and you have that information. I think as a fan, it's more fun to follow along. When I know, absolutely, like, oh shit, th- how is this going to pay off? Moxley, Moxley doesn't fight so and so until week three or whatever. I think yeah, that yeah, was the one, that was my one. I think yes. note <laughs> was I was like, it's stupid yeah. that you only found out what matches were happening day of the night of. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. and I think it's it's you know for the G one for context, you know it, it's a tournament that starts usually in July and runs till mid August. It's usually four to six weeks, mm-hmm. but they have all of the dates and all of the cards beforehand so it's a double-edged sword a it's nice so you could be like hey this show i uh, i don't have to watch it it's you know jay lethal versus fucking brody king i'm not interested i'm out mm-hmm. but if you see what happens is usually what happens is that gets announced so you see the last day and you skip ahead and you see okay well what's going to be in play on the last day of block matches mm-hmm. so if i moxley versus danielson for example i'm going to look at it and go well that's definitely a deciding match right so i know that everyone else is probably not making it out of the block mm-hmm. I get it. Right? But I don't know. The, the schedule is still – like the fact that it wasn't scheduled and it felt kind of – Oh, awful. Awful, awful. I definitely agree that it should be scheduled. We should have it ahead of time for mm-hmm. sure. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so the, yeah, the thing I wanted to, I guess, wrap up was – was 2023 a step backwards for MJF? Like I think – Absolutely. Like his, his – Unfortunately, yes. I, like and and people say like through no fault of his own. I was like, was it? No, a lot of fault of his I, own. He has a lot of stroke. He has a lot of pull. Let me I say, I feel this. that if he was doing like rinky dink, stupid nineteen eighties babyface garbage, it was because he wanted to be doing that. Hundred percent. This guy definitely has enough pull. He's enough of a star to be calling at least in some capacity his own shots, mm-hmm. or at least put on his own shots. The MJF that came out of the CM Punk feud. I'm thinking to myself, man, this is an all-time great. This is someone who I want to watch forever. This is someone who I hope continues to develop this. I hope this guy is always around. I hope he's always doing this. This whole brochacha, we're friends, my feelings kind of shit really dampered what I expected from this character. And it really kind of – Started fun. Impeded it. (laughs) No, but it's fun. But what should have happened is it should have gotten paid off at at all in at Wembley. Someone should have turned on somebody. Mm -hmm. And then you can go back and say, oh, I was fucking with you. Da, 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 da. I'm actually a bad guy or whatever the case is. Right. But they didn't do that. It kept going and going. Yeah. So no, Adam Cole the looks trigger like a on the, Pulling the trigger really all all in was where it went. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's, you know, it was a stupid match where he basically had spent his entire career pining over the AEW title. And then Adam Cole came along and he throws a title down. He goes, you over this? You know, over this? Like he's a whiny brat. But he's somehow a face, and he's he's washing tag teams on his own. I was like, dude, no, this is just for me. I think it, it definitely harmed, you know, what I enjoyed about the character for sure. Yeah, does he? Does, so he comes, and and the worst part though is they've set him up in my mind 
to come back as nothing but a face again because they're running the Undisputed Kingdom as Ultra Heels and they're just in a holding right. pattern mysteriously still mad at MJF even though we have no idea when he comes back. <laughs> like they're yeah. so you you have you've you set up MJF to come back as a face again. And I know he'll get face popped, I think, no matter what, because he's still well beloved and returns get pop. But oh god, I don't I don't I they really need to recalibrate MJF in a big bad way if they want to recover from their 2024. 2023. Absolutely. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, what, I feel bad for him, hmm? I feel bad for him. He was the hottest thing in wrestling for a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and rightfully so. I, I was going to get into that with, I mean, not get into it. Maybe when I see him in person or whatever, I'll, I'll mention it where like Tyler was like, oh, I don't. I never, I don't, I missed most of like punk phase and I don't really get the deal. And I was like, I feel that like you of all people should understand punk because you're, he's a huge MJF fan. And I was like, do you see what punk, how good punk can make another guy look? I like that, I think was probably the program of the year last year. I, I think it's the program of the last five years. If, yeah. If not, I know, I know, can I know Chris, that, Chris is a bloodline, uh, bloodline, defender. bloodline versus Sammy is great, but I feel like bloodline versus Sammy was great because Sammy made it great. And I feel like it was very one-sided and like Roman was just doing what he always did. And Sammy turned the smallest pieces of whatever into like tremendous stuff. So for me, that's a great feud, but only because one of the guys is great for me. MJF and punk is like two guys and more than the sum of its parts. Yeah. So for me, it's a better feud. And both, both, you know, both of them are like bringing, bringing their a game. And I think a lot, Absolutely. I think a lot of guys crumble in that situation and MJF doesn't. And I'm saying like, even as an MJF fan, I feel that when MJF when MJF goes and tees off on someone, we see it. A lot of people can't hold their own, so he doesn't get to like shine in the way that he got to shine. Well, look, look what they followed up with when he won the title off of Moxley—that four pillar bullshit. Yes, very bad. What did that do? That that irreparably hurt Jungle Boy, who now they haven't figured out what to do left. He's showing up in New Japan. Not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, they have uh, fucking Sammy Guevara, who they can't figure out anything to do. Why are they? Why is Darby Allen sitting in a ring and talking about his therapy? Why is he talking at all? What's going on here? What are we doing? He's right. About to, so I think that the dad's about to retire. Man, cut him some slack. Sure, 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 sure. And I'm I've, I'm the biggest Sting fan. Sting's my favorite all time. But it, it didn't help build this next generation. All it does is show that MJF is further advanced than these other three guys. Yeah. MJF is good. I think Darby, again, uh, Darby's good if he doesn't talk. <laughs> Darby is Darby is a, a modern day Jeff Hardy. Like sure. really good in the sure. really good in the ring, is willing to take crazy spots. And I mean, and I think that they both like people both just say, oh, they're crazy spot monkeys, whatever, but I think they both have a really good understanding of ring psychology that they don't really take get credit for, but both of them are bad on the mic. Like, that's why you give him a manager. That's why you give him someone to do the talking. Hundred percent. Anyway, anyway, boys, uh, that was fun. This was fun chatting about wrestling with with my boys. Uh, we'll get together and we'll do the five questions thing. Maybe I don't know. Maybe in the spring, we'll do it in the spring. I love I'll, it. I'd, lo- I'd love to try to get everyone in per- in person. This was almost going to be. We were going to have Lawrence and Ines together in person, but then yeah, tragedy, tragedy struck. Almost taking a, a, an hour long train from Mississauga into Toronto proper. Did, did you end up on the train, or did you did you get the message in time to avoid it? Yes, 
Dinesh called me, thankfully, when I was in the Uber on my way to the train station. Amazing. So yeah. a near miss, thankfully. Yeah, when, when I saw that, I was like, oh, I hope Loli is not on his way. When you were like, oh, yeah, I could jump on. I was like, okay, thank God. Because that was, that was like, you're like, actually, I'm on the train. Yeah, I, I was actually in the Uber. And I had to change the destination of the Uber to turn it around back to my hotel. You were like, turn this car around, sir. So I turned this car around. He's like, you have to go into the app. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Uh, all right, good times, boys. Uh, we're gonna end it here. Hey there, loyal listener who listens to the show all the way past the closing credits. Um, thank you for listening to Go Plug Yourself. We really, really appreciate it. Uh, if you enjoy the show, I cannot stress this enough. Please tell people about it. We don't really have a budget for marketing or fancy facebook ads or putting up billboards on the street uh we really have to rely on word of mouth which uh basically means that if you listen to the show and you enjoy the show please uh share it link it uh tell your friends about it say hey there's this show called go plug yourself they talk to montrealers or people that have stuff going on in montreal or uh just people that have stuff to uh promote that we kind of care about we can we can go outside of montreal if we want to um yeah so just tell tell people about the show it's a it's a fun show we we like doing it a lot we've done it for over 200 episodes and it's in large part thanks to support from uh people like you um if you want to support the show at all you can go to uh, patreon.com slash nine to five cc and uh, throw a couple bucks our way it really helps with uh, the hosting fees for the most part we're really not trying to make a profit on this um and also if you want to be a guest on the show or you know someone who might uh, want to be a guest on the show you can uh, contact us either on facebook or on twitter there's a bunch of ways to find us uh and uh, and let us know and if the scheduling and the timing and everything works out maybe you can be the next person who uh comes on the show and uh, plugs something a uh, big thank you as always to leland beckman and oral turpitude who provided our theme songs and of course a thank you to uh all of the hosts that we have on the show uh walter j ling who is technically retired but still sometimes hosts uh christopher vendito lawrence corber and uh, ines anaya uh, all are all amazing co-hosts and you should support them and their comedy and uh and all of that uh thank you for listening thank you for choosing go plug yourself uh as one of your from the millions of podcasts and have a beautiful day thank you 905.cc podcast blogs and comics made in montreal since 2011